Hello, friends. Welcome to Josiah Venture Stories. You will hear incredible stories of life change from the mission field and be inspired by the movement of God in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Gwen Gardner, and I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. Today on the show, I am interviewing Eliza Coben. She is originally from Latvia, but is currently living in Estonia with her husband. She first came to a JV fusion camp as a Latvian student in 2009, and there she put her faith in Christ. Since then, she has been serving in Latvian local ministries and as a summer intern. In the fall of 2016, Eliza and Vahor got married in Estonia. Eliza now serves in COMA, the national organization in Estonia, as the intern director and as a graphic designer and web designer. Vahor is serving as the country leader of Forcoma. Eliza and Vahor are passionate about building up a community of believers in the local church that view themselves as on mission in Tallinn, Estonia. Eliza, welcome to the show. Welcome. I mean, hello. (laughs) (laughs) You can say welcome Welcome. to me. Welcome to me. (laughs) Welcome to you. Welcome to everyone listening. Welcome. Yes. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, It's so good to have you on the show. And so I, I just gave you a little intro, but what would you like to share about yourself, who you are, your family, anything that you would like to share? Yes, I, I feel like you gave a really good overview <laughs> of me, <laughs> and I, I feel like I don't have any much more to add. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm Eliza, and I'm actually Latvian, and uh, I serve right now in Estonia, and am married to an Estonian. So we just also celebrated our five year anniversary of being married. Um, yeah, this summer or when was that? It was in September. September. Okay. Congratulations, five years. That's a big deal. Thank you. Yeah, it is a big deal. (laughs) Marriage is quite a big deal. (laughs) Yes, marriage is a big deal. And are you you originally from Riga? Um, I was born actually in uh, a small town called Palsi and then lived in in my countryside and then we moved to Riga. But pretty much, yeah, I have lived most of my life in Riga, capital of Latvia. Nice. And now you're living in Estonia. Yes. Had you been to Estonia before? Actually, yes, but I never thought I would move here. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just interesting because for Latvians, Estonia or Lithuania is one of those countries you visit when you're younger, whether with your parents or grandparents. But I remember, for example, we would come here with my parents for like a small vacation trip with a camper and we would go to the one of the islands that Estonia has. And oh, they have islands. I didn't know that. They have many, <laughs> many islands. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But it's not as exotic. <laughs> <laughs> not like Croatian islands. No, no, no. It's a little bit different, but it's still a great experience. And we would come and visit. And, it, and it's even funny that my husband hasn't visit, visited one of those uh, islands. <laughs> and I have... <laughs> Nice. That's fun. So then when did you first meet your husband? Oh, um, we have probably met before um, because I remember, I think it was 2011. I came to my very first fall conference uh, with Julie. 
And he was probably there, but we never got to see each other or meet. <laughs> but uh, we first met in 2015 when I interned uh, for the third time with Latvian team. And he was, I think he was a part of Estonian team already then, uh, working mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in the local ministry. And he was the intern director or leader or something. Sure. Sure. And uh, we met in uh, Czech Republic when we had uh, intern training. Wow. So an Estonian meets a Latvian in the Czech Republic. Yeah, I mean, crazy. <laughs> that's quite a cross-cultural relationship you've got going on. Yes. What has, that, what has that been like for you to live in another country that's not your own, learning another language? Are they similar? Is Latvian and Estonian? No. No? <laughs> Not at all. Not, not at all. Wow. That's the funny part that uh, I kind of assumed because Lithuanian is a little bit more similar and it, it would be probably much more easier to learn. I thought, no, like it's definitely similar with Estonia. But actually, no, Estonian language is much more Nordic and completely different from Latvian. We have some similar words um, and the grammar is like you kind of understand the basics of it. Okay. But still, it's like, black and white <laughs> so it was it was really hard at first um moving to another country and but at the same time I was really adventurous and kind of like okay let's see where it's going and uh but definitely first year was uh really hard and alienating and lonely mm. um just because people would switch to their own language and when you were around them and kind of forget that you're speaking English, which is understandable. I, I think mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of countries do that. But eventually I, I decided that I want to learn this language. I want to understand it. I remember people being like, well, just learn, you know, a few words and you'll get get a hang of it. But I was like, no, I need to know like the basics of it. Like yeah. How it's yeah. built and everything. And and I applied to um, for art school, and back then we lived in another city in Estonia. And um, I remember that when I stepped into the art school, they offered me that, hey, we offer everyone like who is a foreigner a year long studies for free uh -huh, before wow. you get to the school. And it was level from A one to B two. Okay, so it was quite crazy year. <laughs> yeah. So you were going to design school in Estonian? Yes. Okay. So what, you talked a little bit about how you did an internship. You went to your first JV camp in 2009. Like what has your journey of faith looked like? Were you raised in a Christian home? Yeah, actually, no, none of my parents or anybody in my family has been Christian. Um, I, I do... I did have, actually, my aunt was for some time, but then she left the church. I I feel like ever since I was a child, I feel like I've known that there's something bigger and greater in the world, but I don't know why. Like it, I, I just feel like it was put into me and I knew that there was something. I knew there was a God, but I never knew like exactly like the specific information about him. And I remember that even when... I was younger um, and my parents would fight, then I would pray to God, even though I didn't know God. Uh -huh, like, okay. It, it's even weird to me, like where, this, this, where did this knowledge, knowledge came from, you know? Yeah. 
but yeah, in 2009, um, I was following a girl uh, on our Latvian Facebook. <laughs> I remember she posted about a camp and it was about music. And I was in that time, I was really interested. And I even invited my sister with me and we went there and and I felt like that decision just came really easy. Like it was very mm -hmm. logical. Like, yes, I want this in my life. And then in 2010, I got baptized and uh, did my first Bible study with another missionary from um, uh -huh. America. And uh, so that's how it started. But it's been it's been a crazy and amazing <laughs> journey at the same time. <laughs> that is good. A good summary of following Jesus. Crazy and amazing all at the same time. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and that was um, the 2009, that was a fusion camp. Yeah, that was the the very first fusion camp. I know the fusion started in Czech, but I was talking to Shelby Flowers recently about this. And she's like, no, the first fusion camp was in Latvia. And you were at that camp. Yep, I was at that amazing. camp. <laughs> so then after that camp, did you like, you started attending the church and getting more involved and then you got baptized the next summer. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I got more involved. And I remember that our church started also fusion ministry. So I was also part of that um, for a long time. What did your family what did your family think about that? I think uh as everybody's response has been it's been really nice, but at the same time my parents had some doubts. Um you know, like that it's not a, what is it called? Sect? Yeah. 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 They were just a little bit afraid that it's something like that. Like a cult or something. <laughs> yeah. Like a cult. But I, but it wasn't like for a long that they were worried. They just kind of like gave, gave me uh, an advice like, okay, don't just, just be careful, you know, and that's it. But um not not really a super big interest either. <laughs> yeah, okay. I felt like I had more freedom in it, yeah. So you've been on this journey since 2009, and I know that a big part of your journey has been uh, like with mental health and struggles with depression, anxiety, and you've been really vocal about it on Instagram. And I've actually been super encouraged by the things that you've posted about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like Eliza is just using this pla her platform and to talk about this topic that could be a really heavy topic. Mm -hmm. um, but I would, yeah, I would just love for you to talk about that a little bit. Like how, what has this looked like for you? And yeah, just share what you'd like to share about that. Yeah, um, I think it just recently came, came to me that uh, I can use social media for that. Um, but my journey, I think, with mental health started from 2013. Um, and that was the year when I first interned. Um, I heard from a friend that there's an internship in JV. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go try it. Um, it's funny. But after that, I realized, oh, I'm depressed. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like after that summer of interning or during the summer? After the summer of interning. After the summer. Okay. <laughs> So that was an um, interesting experience, but um, I've always been very analytical of myself. And so it's never been a problem to understand that there there's something going on. But I think the biggest problem has been like understanding what to do with that. 
so that year I understood that okay I'm I'm feeling a little bit down I don't know really what's happening um, but I felt like it was something with depression and then um, it escalated a, a lot more and there was a lot of anxiety with it and also I experienced a lot of panic attacks and uh, so it was just really really depressing and bad and hard year and I felt like mm. I wasn't in a good place and I didn't know how to get help and it was just going to the place where it just went so down that it that I felt like okay I'm I'm kind of ready to end my life like wow I'm I'm in a this hard place that I would like to quit mm. and I just remember that I couldn't I couldn't take my life away um, I didn't have the gut <laughs> to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I remember that it was just really ridiculously, ridiculously hard. It just felt like, you know, you're in a room that's dark all the time and you're crying every day and, and praying to God that he would take your life away because you just don't see any hope in it. I just remember, okay, like, God, if there's anything you can do or help me with this, just please you know, take control of it. And uh, I remember going to um, that end of the year, we went with my friend to a conference that was all about missions and every kind of missions work. And, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I have no clue until <laughs> I bought a book that's called I'm Your Father by Mark Stibble. And uh -huh. I read it and I just wept through the whole book. But basically, it helped me to understand where where this depression and anxiety is coming from, and that actually these problems are coming are deeply connected with how I was raised and with my parents and my family, and that kind of gave me hope that you know there there is something I can deal with and get better in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I I knew I needed help, and uh, the second year I interned in Latvia. That was really helpful too because I did um, healing prayer or transformational prayer. Yeah, yeah, okay. And that really helped me to learn about God's love and care for me because that was really hard to understand. Like, you know, how you get sometimes things in your brain but not in your heart. Sure, yes. There can be a disconnect, yes. But it was yeah. such a funny story because I remember my um, intern leader, she was like, yeah, I feel like we should do this prayer, but not now. I don't think you're ready for it. And I was like, God, I'm like ready for anything. Like, just give me something. And then after this, the evening program, she came to me and she's like, you're ready. Let's go. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Did God wow. tell you? <laughs> so, um, and then after that, of course, I felt, I still felt like there was a lot um, of work to do. And I remember, God, I just need, you know, somebody to, to do this with. I need a therapist. And I remember one day we I met with my friend and she was she brought her uh, mom with her and I was like okay well this is interesting and her mom was just like she's a therapist and she was like Elisa I see that you need help and I'm ready to help you I'm not going to charge you anything just come wow that was the best thing best gift she gave me and I I really healed a lot through that and um and that's the year when I also met Vahur. So <laughs> well, that was a lot going on that year. Lots going yeah. on. Yeah. But I feel like that healing 
I remember my friend was like, you know, I see you as a flower that's blooming. And I was like, yeah, I, I definitely am. And, and ever since that, I've been just working a lot with my mental health and, you know, working with anxiety um, because I've had a lot of uh, problems with that. I wouldn't say problems, more like um, adventures. <laughs> oh, there, oh, there you go. Because I feel like, adventures. you know, in everyday life, we experience tiny anxieties and, and it doesn't mean it's always bad anxiety, but sometimes, yeah, there, there's still some issues to deal with. So ever since mm -hmm. then, I've been working every day on myself and just um, healing and sharing that on my Instagram because I feel like that's part of my life. And, and, and I, I know so many people deal with that. And I know in Estonia, the suicide rates are super high. It's, it's, no, it's not mm. even a joke how crazy mental health is here. Um, just the fact that people are still afraid to talk about it is really hard to watch yeah. because we've grown up in such a society in a way in such a society or our earlier generations don't didn't know how to talk about it so I feel like it's important to voice it out and to talk about it so people know it's nothing to be afraid of it's mm -hmm. actually it's actually the smartest thing you can do and smartest de decision to do to visit a therapist even if you don't have problems like go for it it's I feel right. like for me it's like a spa treatment like it's amazing what you can get out of it you know yes I just recently started counseling and I was like I, I you know I had thought for like a year maybe I should do this but I thought oh I don't really have some big thing that I need to talk about or I don't know but I was like no you need to go because you're human and like even if you don't think you have some big thing to talk about or some big, huge struggle, like you still have those struggles that you need to voice and like get out, like, and to say it out loud. And so I think that's like where it loses some of its power is when we say it out loud and can like invite other people into it. So I love that. That's yeah. part of your story of like saying it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've heard from, uh, I don't know if you know, Jordan Peterson, who is a clinical psychologist. And okay. from the books I've read that sometimes it's even about just listening and mm -hmm. you just talking everything out, you know, not mm -hmm. always it, it means therapy doesn't always mean that you need to, you know, find the pro deepest problem that, you know, does something. It's just sometimes about talking it out and figuring it out for yourself. Yeah. And someone on the outside can like point out, oh, like that's a pattern or, oh, that's a lie you're believing or, oh, like, and then you're, you become aware of it. And so the, the more you become aware of it, the better you can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So going back to like that summer, that first internship, you said that you have a lot of like self-awareness even. So from that point of, oh, I think I am struggling with depression and then that next part of like actually talking to someone, like what would you say to the person who um, is like right there in the beginning of a struggle with depression or anxiety and they don't know mm. what to do? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, we, we just had a live yesterday where we discussed with a psychologist about anxiety and depression. And um, I agree with her that. Um, don't wait until it gets worse 
Don't mm, wait mm-hmm. until you have suicide thoughts or you you want to commit suicide. Like don't wait until it's like the lowest of the low. Start right now, even if you feel you know, there's a lot of symptoms with depression is that you don't feel joy about anything that used to bring joy. You feel down all the time. You feel a lot of lies in your head like, and you, and you don't want to do anything. Like, for example, even making your bed or doing a simple chore mm-hmm. is already like too much for you. And I think it's it's important to understand, are you in this place or not? And and if you feel like you even have a slightest depression, just take some time and ask yourself what's happening with you. Where are are you at? Are you missing some vitamins? Are you not sleeping enough? You know, ask those questions for yourself if you're dealing with any of those things that I mentioned that might cause depression or that are symptoms of depression, sorry. And uh, definitely, if you feel like some of those things are true, then just immediately find somebody you trust to talk to and ask them to do they like sense and notice the same things. Um, And if you feel like you, you with that person agree that this is a little bit, this is going a little bit too down and Mm -hmm. feeling depressed and you need some more like professional help, then I would say go find a therapist and just don't be afraid to be in that place and don't be afraid to look for help because because there's definitely a solution it's just sometimes we don't see it ourselves yeah that's so true and uh, like you said like are you getting enough sleep and even exercise like the things we do physically with our bodies impacts us emotionally spiritually it's like all connected like I find I'm like in such a better mood when I go outside and take a walk like it's just like and then start like thinking of the things I'm thankful for I think like gratitude can go a long way even if it's just like simple things like thank you for the trees you know just like start small and then see how that impacts you emotionally I also love how scripture like there are so many psalms in the Bible that are like psalms of lament and sorrow. And King David is like weeping on his bed and he's like, I've got no tears left and my couch is drenched with tears. And like, he just like pours his heart out to the Lord and and how the Lord says, I am close to the brokenhearted and close to those are, who are crushed in spirit. And so gosh, like those, I feel such comfort in the fact that there is scripture that says like, Say what you want to God. Like God can handle it. God can handle our emotions and how we're feeling and just like be honest. And um, yeah, I feel the same. I was just, um, I just started reading a book called Godly and Lowly or something like that. (laughs) I don't remember. Uh Uh, But it also brought out a really good point that made me think more about how compassionate God is towards us when we're actually suffering. Um, and, and it was talking about how even when Israel sinned or suffered, he, you know, God didn't just push himself away and was like, okay, bye. But he yeah. actually drew, drew near that suffering and he, he actually wants to be part of it so much. And, and it brings so much joy for him to be part of that suffering. You know, like I'm, I, I, he wants to bring that. Uh, compassion and and be with you in that and sometimes you know as a human I forget that (laughs) I feel like I have to come to God with like 
I've got everything figured out, God, and everything's like, hold on, I'm not going to come to you until I figure this out. But really, he wants us to come to him in our like total hot mess, brokenness, and just like lay at his feet and say, I just need a hug, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, what are, what would you say are some good questions that you can ask? somewhat like ask yourself or ask others who you think might be struggling with mental health? Because I feel like either like you're personally in a season of depression or you know someone who is like, it's such like a big thing. No, as I said um, before, I think uh, it's important to take some time for yourself and just ask those questions. How are you doing? Yeah. Um, Are you feeling good? Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough? And I think those really help you understand, are you in a good place or not? Because if you're not eating enough or good enough or, you know, three times a day or or whatever the count is, (laughs) or you're you're eating just, you know, junk food and, and stuff like that, or you're not sleeping enough, you're just, you know, waking every night up and everything. Those are already like physical symptoms that can show that something is off. Or even, you know, anxiety that can that can cause a lot of mm, worry and anxiousness and can really affect your life. And, and if mm-hmm. you feel those things, then it's definitely um, time to look for somebody you can talk to or somebody you can trust or a therapist. There's definitely a lot of things and symptoms you can look out for um, when it comes to mm-hmm. depression or anxiety. And there's definitely friends that you can talk to and ask if they have noticed anything different um and i think it's always good to surround yourself with people that can help you understand um and reflect what's going on in your life but the second thing is to understand it also yourself um i feel like oftentimes when you know you don't want help and you don't want to deal with stuff nothing's going to really happen it's, it's something yeah. that you really need to want um yourself to actually you know, see some change happening in your life. If you don't want it, well, nobody's going to be able to help, you know. Um, But when it comes to others, I think um, most important is to be open-minded and not judgmental and also Mm -hmm. very curious. Um, Mm -hmm. I know how easy it is to sometimes judge. Even in, you know, youth work, you're you're looking at uh, some student, you're like, why are they acting like that? This is so off and weird. When actually there can be something behind that. Totally. Um, I keep using this example a lot. But um, when I was serving in Latvia, we had one camp where we had one guy who talked a lot. Like a lot, a lot. And we were like, this is weird. (laughs) He's like Ah. constantly talking with us. (laughs) And then later we found out that actually none of his parents communicate with him a lot. So Mm. it just kind of explained why he was behaving like that and talking so much. And, and it, um, yeah. So I I think it's very important to be curious and asking those Mm -hmm. questions. Is everything okay? Like, why are they acting this way? Or why are they doing things this way? Um, What's behind it? And the second thing is, of course, you know, you can always talk to them and be like, hey, or even if it's your friend, you can always say, hey, like, I, I, I feel like lately I've been noticing these changes. Can you mm-hmm. explain more? Can, do you want to, like, share a little bit more? 
And I think it's, I think those are the things that can be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely what is not helpful is saying, well, get it over with or yeah. it's all in your get mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think those can be really discouraging. And, and I think especially when somebody is dealing with depression, it's, it's always important to be um, sensitive because um, mm -hmm. you never know how your words can even affect it more and make it worse. And, And I, yeah. I know in my life when I was depressed, um, you just, you, you're not able to do anything normal. Like I was right. not able to work. I know that there were people offering me job and everything, but I would just fail. I would just say, yes, I'm going to go for it. And then be like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. And and I know I upset at people like that. <laughs> I know that, uh -huh. but that's what a little bit is part of depression that you have to be sensitive and, and be curious and ask why did they you know why did they say no to this job what what happened can I help you somehow and 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 on and on and on and of course if mm -hmm. it's if it's getting really bad depression I would say then definitely there's there's a need for help and you can always be part of that help offering them like hey I'm noticing that you're really depressed what do you think if we we visit a therapist together or You make the call and I just cheer you up and yeah. you can be that cheerleader for that person for sure. Yes. Be a cheerleader for someone else. Yes, totally. And for you, like, how has your community come alongside you? Like even your Instagram followers, like, have you, what response have you seen from them? And then just with your local community, your church, your friends, all that. Um... I would say, first of all, <laughs> that uh, no church is perfect. And that's very true. <laughs> 100% true. I think, uh, and also church, um, I don't think churches are as informed as I wish they would be about mental health and how to mm -hmm. help somebody with mental health. Um, that's definitely something I would love to help with just to inform how we can be better as church when it comes to mental health. Because um, oftentimes some people can say things that can be really hurtful. And, you know, when we, we get physically hurt, we go to a doctor. And when we right. get mentally hurt, we also need a doctor. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and physically, like, you can see the cast on your arm, but mentally you can't see, you know, some, like, yeah, a cast on your brain like that. You can't see that. So then people can't see it and then they don't think there's anything wrong, but mm -hmm. exactly there is. Yeah. And I think we need to be aware of that, that we can't say things like, well, you don't have faith enough for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Nope. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that um, I, I don't think I have received like a lot of help from church right now, the church that I'm in, There's definitely been a lot of more support and love. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. But also it's been difficult for me and I'm learning how to receive that love because I don't really understand that. And I think it's an interesting part of the journey. But I, I know my friends were really supportive, even though they did not understand at first that I'm going through a really hard time. But I know um, my really close, close friend, shout out to Eva. <laughs> shout out was really there for me and that really helped that knowing that you're not alone because depression can really make you feel like you're lonely and you don't have anybody and you also don't want to reach out to anyone because you have that lie um taking over you 
So mm-hmm. it's really good that you're surrounded with people that love you and are there for you, even if they don't understand. So yeah. I would say I had support from my friends and my from my friend's mom also. That was really helpful. And um, but, um, you know, I I did not share this um, issue with my family or parents. So uh-huh. because there were a lot of problems causing that were caused by um, family or how I grew up. So I just felt like it wasn't really a safe space to share that with Mm -hmm. them. Wow. Well, I'm really thankful that you have some close friends to talk to. And are you still in therapy? Um, Not right now. But if I have issues, I definitely can go to my psychologist. That's been really helpful here. And I'm doing it in Estonian. So that's really fun. (laughs) But I, I do have people that I can turn to. And in that way, I have everything I need. <laughs> yeah. But also, like for anyone listening who might struggle with anxiety or, or depression, like it's a journey. Like it takes time. It's, um, yeah, it just takes time to heal. And so you're not alone. There are people out there. So surround yourself with community. Yeah, I think the most important to remember also is that healing is not linear, like linear, linear. Yeah, it's right. never a straight line. It's always up and down, up and down, and and you never know with different environment what can trigger again your anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. You know, it it can always be different. Thank you, Aliza, for sharing that and being open and vulnerable in a way. And yeah, so I'm really thankful. Um, so one of the last questions, well, the question we ask everyone on the show is what advice would you give to young people today? I would say, um, be yourself, uh, learn about who you are, um, learn about who God is and who he has created you as, and don't be afraid to go in uncomfortable situations. Oh, that's good. Those are the places you're going to grow the most, and growth is beautiful. Like a flower, Aliza, like a beautiful flower. <laughs> growth is beautiful. Oh, that's that's lovely. I love that. It's good advice. And then also, just in closing, we're wrapping up here, but is there anything else that you would, you would like to share with our listeners and courage or anything that God has been teaching you recently that you would like to share? I think... Uh... Definitely don't be afraid to trust God. I know it's hard. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's just something we don't want to do, but it's it's the best decision that I've made in my life. Um, and I'm still learning to trust him in some areas. And second, I would say um, don't be afraid to look for help when you need it. Um, mm-hmm. just, just go out, yell, you know, scream that you need help. and Find the help you need and don't be afraid of it. And, and, and don't be afraid of mental health. It's the best thing you can do to work on it. Um, and, and I think that's the best advice I can give you is that work on your mental health, work on you and, and keep growing and keep just keep growing and, you know, being yourself and uh, also loving yourself. Yes, because your life is important and there's a purpose for it. And I, you recently posted something about like, I'm choosing life on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, exactly. We need to choose our life. And yeah, we were created for a purpose and a reason. And 
that our lives are beautiful. Yes, they are. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. This was a blessing talking with you and hearing more of your story. And I'm excited to see what God continues to do because your story's not over. And we'll continue on this journey of mental health and being vocal about it and helping other people as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Josiah Venture Stories. For more information about Josiah Venture, visit us at josiahventure.com and follow at Josiah Venture on social media. If you have any questions about this episode or would like to get in touch with our guest, please email social at josiahventure.com. And to help more people hear Josiah Venture stories, leave a comment and give us a five-star review or share this episode on your social media. Thank you, friends, and have a blessed day.